0: Indian government saying to the British government, we need to extradite this American journalist to put them in jail in India for breaking our official secrets laws. Can you imagine the American government would allow that to happen? Can you imagine that extradition going ahead? So uh, as Jen Robinson was just saying, it's all very well for people who think of themselves as proper journalists to uh, sit this one out. But the precedent that is going to be set by this case, if he is extradited, should worry everybody.
1: Do you think it's valid to make a comparison, for example, with Evan Gershkovich, the Wall Street Journal reporter who's been imprisoned by Putin in Russia? Um, they said he was trying to get military secrets, uh, something a lot of journalists do try to do. Um, what about the U.S trying to extradite and imprison Julian Assange if found guilty for 175 years. What did he do? Try to release military secrets he actually did of the U.S. government?
0: Well, uh, Russia's is an entirely different kind of state, um, so I wouldn't want to make a direct comparison. Um, but I think there is the problem about uh, official secrecy uh, and the nature of the ability that Edward Snowden revealed of now complete control and surveillance and monitoring of populations. Uh, and uh, somebody has to keep these people accountable. They have the power of life and death over us. They have the power of captivity and freedom. Uh, and anyone who's read George Orwell can see that that, that that the state that has that power needs to be monitored And I'm afraid what the governments are now trying to do is to frighten journalists off. Uh, In Britain, uh, you can now go to jail for 14 years as an editor to do what I did with Edward Snowden. Uh, And they've explicitly refused to allow any editor the right to a defense. So you can't even explain why you thought this might have been in the public interest. So the danger is that people like Assange, like Chelsea Manning, uh, like the New York Times, uh, are going to be so discouraged from uh, doing what they should be doing. That the, we will be that this this kind of activity will be completely blind
1: to it. Let's remember that it was WikiLeaks that helped Ed Snowden when uh, the authorities were uh, moving in on him in Hong Kong to get out of Hong Kong. He ultimately ended up in Russia and couldn't leave the airport because the U.S. pulled his passport. But it was WikiLeaks and Julian Assange who helped him get out. And talk about what you did in the basement of the Guardian.
0: The British government eventually came to us and said, if you don't uh, agree to stop publishing, we will stop you. And so it was was plain there. They were either going to injunct us or they were going to send the police in. Uh, So I told them that we would go on uh, reporting from New York because the First Amendment is a very powerful instrument to defend the press, uh, which is what we did. And the the, the quid pro quo was that we would destroy the computers that we had been using in London. I think that was just a piece of theatre. But it reminds us about why the First Amendment is so important and why we mustn't allow people to chip away at these protections that journalists have.
1: I want to end uh, with a meet-the-press interview with Joe Biden, then-Vice President, in 2010. ABC host David Gregory questioned Biden about Assange. Should the United States do something to stop, Mr. Assange? We're looking at that right now. The Justice Department is taking a look at that, and uh, um, I'm not going to comment
0: on, uh, on that process. Do you think he is a criminal? If he conspired to get these classified documents with a member of the U.S. military, that's
1: fundamentally different than if somebody drops on your lap, here, David, you're a press person, here is uh, classified material. Mr. McConnell says he's a high-tech terrorist. Others say this is akin to the Pentagon Papers. What do you come to? I would argue that it's closer to being a high-tech terrorist. You would argue that it is closest, that Julian Assange is being a, a high-tech terrorist. Alan Rusbridger, your, your final comment on what you're calling for now.
0: I remember a time when Julian Assange was first working uh, in Kenya, releasing documents, when even Hillary Clinton was making speeches about how this was the new form of Savazat publishing uh, and was in favor of dissidents using the Internet to release material. Uh, that's all changed uh, now. Um, but I, I think the world should wake up as to what the the nature of the threat is going to be to mainstream journalism if, uh, if this extradition is successful.
1: Alan Rusbridger was the editor-in-chief of The Guardian for more than 20 years, now the editor of Prospect magazine. We'll link to his piece headlined, Enough is Enough, It's Time to Set Julian Assange Free. When we come back, Haitian asylum seekers go to court over federal agents abusing them at the U.S.-Mexico border. Stay with us.
2: Michael there, I love well My darling baby, my Creole Bell, my Creole Bell, I love her well, my darling baby, my Creole Bell. I love well. I love My
1: Creole Bell by the legendary blues singer and guitarist, Mississippi John Hurt. Earlier this week, a fire destroyed the Mississippi John Hurt Museum in his hometown of Avalon, Mississippi, just hours after it received landmark status. The museum was built inside of John Hurt's home, a humble three-room shack with a tin roof that was about 200 years old. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, the War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. A federal court in Washington, D.C. heard arguments Thursday in a lawsuit accusing the Biden administration of racial discrimination and rights violations of Haitian asylum seekers. The suit was brought by the Haitian Bridge Alliance and other immigrant rights groups in 2021 on behalf of 11 Haitian asylum seekers who described being abused by U.S. border agents as more than 15,000 people, mostly Haitian, were forced to stay in a makeshift border encampment on the banks of the Rio Grande near the Acuna del Rio International Bridge in Texas. Photographs and video footage from 2021 showed Border Patrol agents on horseback chasing, grabbing, whipping Haitian asylum seekers in Del Rio and sparked widespread condemnation. One border agent was heard screaming obscenities at asylum seekers there in Texas, including children.
2: Hey, you use your women. This is why you cut your country.
1: You for this. You go, go. After the attack in Del Rio, Texas, President Biden condemned the, quote, horrible treatment of the Haitian migrants and promised a swift investigation.
0: It's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. The investigation into what occurred has not yet concluded. We know that those images painfully conjured up the worst elements of our nation's ongoing battle against systemic racism.
1: That was Mayorkas in 2021. During a news conference last year, journalist April Ryan questioned Mayorkas about the attack by border patrol agents that sparked national outcry.
3: The southern border is not just Mexicans, it is Haitians, it's Africans, as we've seen, particularly with that issue with the Haitians um, being whipped with the reins or the horses what
0: is their well let me just uh, correct you right there because actually actually the investigation concluded that the whipping did not occur
1: i'm sorry I i saw it differently they were whipped with something from the horse one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit is Mireille Joseph, who was photographed as a border patrol agent on horseback, lashed him with split reins, grabbed his neck and gripped Joseph by the shirt collar. After the assault, Joseph and his family were detained, then deported to Haiti. For more, we're joined in Washington, D.C. by Gerline Joseph, co-founder and executive director of Haitian Bridge Alliance, an immigrant advocacy group that provides humanitarian assistance to Haitians and other black immigrants from the Caribbean and Africa. Gerline. Welcome back to Democracy Now!, explain why you're in Washington, D.C., what happened to Mirar Joseph um, and his family members.
2: Thank you and good morning, uh, Amy. We are currently in D.C., because yesterday we were in court uh, to be able to highlight the realities of what we just saw on the screen that did happen it happened and we had we have the proof everybody saw it so yesterday we came to court to be able to address those issues because the U.S. government uh, reached out asking for dismissal of our case. So we continue to be able to fight to make sure that justice is rendered, to make sure that people do not forget the realities of what happened in the Rio in 2021. We filed our lawsuit in, in December of 2021. It wasn't until yesterday we're able to have our first hearing to be for the judge to to let us know if they will decide to continue uh, with with the with the with the case, and what was very critical as well is that we had four of the plaintiffs present in the courtroom to show that they are they are here. It wasn't just something that happened. They are people, and we want to make sure that continues to be the case. So we had Mirol Joseph, whom everybody saw the pictures, the videos of what he was subjected to in addition to three other plaintiffs who were able to be there and share their stories with us, but really to humanize, to put the human faces in, in how the anti-black racism in our immigration system is continued to, to, to be a space that we have to fight. And then explain what happened to
1: Joseph's family and um, he himself. I mean not only what happened right there on the border, uh, but the detention and the uh, ultimate deportation to Haiti and what you're calling for in lawsuit.
2: Amy, one of the hardest things that we had to deal with is the fact that the U.S. government tried to erase the very... Uh, uh, um, fact that the people existed by expulsion and deportation. And one thing that yesterday the people were recounting when we were talking to them is the fact that they were held, caged for over two weeks without access to any hygiene and then deported. One of them shared with us yesterday that when he finally was chained and deported and he arrived in Haiti... They gave him a piece of bread and when he tasted the bread, it tasted sour. It wasn't until later he realized that the taste of the the taste that was in his mouth did come from the bread, but from the fact that he was held without access to brushing his teeth for so long. So that's why we continue to fight, and we want to make sure we hold the administration accountable, we hold the system accountable for the inhuman treatment of people seeking protection and safety, and Murad and the eleven uh, other are representation of the fifteen thousand Haitians and other people who were under the bridge and the inhumane injustice and mis uh, treatment that they received in the abuse and the violence of deportation and expulsion. Just
1: days after the U.S. Border Patrol agents um, on horseback were filmed chasing and grabbing the Haitian asylum seekers in Del Rio, Texas, the U.S. Special Envoy to Haiti resigned in protest over the Biden administration's mass deportation of Haitian asylum seekers. In a letter, the longtime diplomat Daniel Foote wrote, quote, "...I will not be associated with the United States' inhumane, counterproductive decision to deport thousands of Haitian refugees." Um, Ghirline Joseph, can you talk about the significance of this U.S. official resigning? Are you bringing this into your case and what's happened to all the other people we see in the photographs in addition to Mirage Joseph and his family?
2: Yeah, the 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 um, resignation of Ambassador Foot was also a critical indication of human morality, right? For somebody to say, "I will not stand by," and continue to agree to this type of inhuman treatment. So we applaud and continue to say thank you to Ambassador Foote for standing up on be on behalf of, of what is right, on behalf of, of human dignity. Because I will be honest with you, history will will, will definitely judge harshly uh, uh the, the the impact of what happened and we understand that many many laws need to be changed, we understand that this is a critical junction in our country here in the United States as we make sure they uphold the human rights and understanding seeking asylum is a human right and also understanding many of, of the reasons why people are fleeing countries like Haiti, U.S. foreign policies are major uh, 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 facts. Of what's happening. You're listening to Gerline Joseph.
3: Gerline Joseph is head of the Haitian Bridge Alliance, speaking to us from DC, where a court hearing has just taken place on the beating and the corralling of Haitians on the border uh, Del Rio in Texas. We urge you to go to the phone right now and let us know you're standing up for independent media to hear the rest of that interview and Biden's new position this week on sending asylum backers back over the border. Um, Go to democracynow.org, but right now we're asking you to support KPFK. Your call makes it all possible. I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! Gary Bach is in the studios of KPFK in Los Angeles. And we're saying if you appreciated today's show, hearing Jen Robinson in London and going to one of the leading editors-in-chief, that's Alan Rusbridger, talking about Julian Assange, the two-day um, hearing that took place, one of the final hearings in the British High Court, whether he'll be extradited to the United States and have found guilty 175 years in prison. It is truly astounding. Journalism on trial. We ask you please to call 818-985-5735 Maybe you could pledge $28 for the 28 years of Democracy Now! This is our 28th anniversary week. Um, I've been celebrating with Gary, with Juan Gonzalez. We started Democracy Now! 28 years ago. Um, And think about all the voices you have heard, whether we're talking with Ben Crump yesterday about the 59th anniversary of the assassination of Malcolm X and what are the documents, hundreds or the thousands of documents that are still not been released around New York police and FBI involvement in that assassination, why haven't they been released? Couldn't be on national security grounds that we were talking almost 60 years ago. Couldn't be even on privacy grounds. The um, uh, Malcolm X's family is demanding that they be released. We ask you to call right now. $28 would be fantastic. Or you can pledge at kpfk.org. You can pledge any amount of money, $5 a month or $10 a month. Hey, If you want to come to New York and watch the broadcast live, I just finished dinner and a show, but it was brunch and a show. We did a show. Two friends came, um, who I hadn't known before, to the set of Democracy Now! They watched the broadcast. They met the team. They came into the studio. um, We toured through Democracy Now! afterwards, and then we went out for brunch. and We had a wonderful time. I just walked in the door, and Gary called uh, to do this pitch. So if you want to do dinner and a show... You come to the set of Democracy Now!, watch the broadcast. I host you and your guest, whoever that is, your partner or friend you want to meet up with, or, oh, a daughter, a son, or you want to give this to two people. It's a $2,000 tax-deductible charitable contribution that goes directly to KPFK. We'll toast KPFK. We'll toast 28 years of Democracy Now! You don't have to know when you can do this when you call. Just pledge, and then we'll work out the details with you. Maybe you're coming to New York soon, or maybe it won't be for more than a year, Don't worry. What counts is your call now. Let's simply pledge $50. For $100, you can get the two-CD set of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, or you can get the six-CD set of Black Panther set. You can get the six-CD Malcolm X set, his speeches and debates over the years. I mean... The Pacific Radio Archive has an amazing collection. It's $180, it's $200, it's 240 but what counts is your call right now, 818-985-5735. We only have a minute, or go to org. Hi, Gary.
0: Hi, Amy. Good morning. Good morning to you and Zazu. I'm surprised uh, Zazu's not going crazy there, uh, but... Uh... <laughs> We, uh, What do you pledge for, folks? What do you pledge for? You pledge for accurate investigative reporting, and that's what we donate for. 818-985-5735. Even though this is a free service, KPFK is always here for you. All you have to do is turn on that radio, 90.7 FM, and we're here. We are commercial-free, but we need members like you to support Democracy Now!, not corporate interest, folks like you. So call now at 818 818- 9855735 there's only one democracy now and put in for what amy now and put in for what amy puts in for i mean she puts in the hard work and uh, we need those hard